0: This week, Nancy and I are taking a look back over the last year of the podcast. I can't believe it's been a year since we did this year in review before. Um, So it seems to have come around quite quickly. (laughs) But for today's episode, Nancy and I each chose our top three um, episodes to have a look back on and also took a look at what your top three episodes were from the listener point of view Uh, my first I suppose my favorite episode is the one that I think I learned the most from in a lot of ways was the episode that may not have been the most exciting for everyone but it was the one on bedding and horse performance that one really surprised me and there were a number of things in it that surprised me but the fact that you know Horses only get 30 minutes of REM sleep and they only sleep on average for around three or four hours a day. And that really did just open my eyes. But how important the bedding was into them reaching that REM sleep. And just as a recap, rubber mats are great, but you still need four to six inches of a bedding on top of that because it's the thickness of the actual bedding. That creates the comfort, regardless of a rubber mat underneath. But I think they're good insulators and they do make the stable overall more, I suppose, um, of a nicer environment for the horse to sleep in. Um, and then just the last thing that they found in that episode was straw. That mm-hmm. uh, horses love to be bedded on straw. And it's something that they can browse on as well. And um, in between their very short period of sleep. Yep,
1: that that was a good episode and you know what impressed me about that was um you could use that information to increase performance so if a horse is getting good sleep and good rest and is comfortable able to lie down you it's you know it's gonna do better with whatever task you're asking it to do so I thought that was all that was really really um pertinent information that would go above and beyond training
0: yeah i it was just it's the little things i suppose that we can implement that seems to have a massive difference
1: yep yep should you want me to go ahead with my first yeah
0: what was your top one
1: i tell you mine was the international society for equitation science the 2021 Mm -hmm. conference favorites we did And um, my pick on that was the Mike Mendel's Clever Hans presentation on horse cognition and how a horse makes decisions. And that one made an impact on me because he talked about what happens to a horse when a stranger walks into a pasture and uh, however that scenario turned out. The horse is going to revert to that the next time a stranger walks into the pasture and he's going to decide to act on what happened that first time. So that made the cognition part in how their brain works and how they make those decisions. It made it so clear. So that was one of my favorites. and then your clever your um, lecture out of that was on the grimace scale in head collars. And um, that was really good, too, because it went along with that bridal fit episode we did and how you have to make sure the comfort of the brow band and the nose band. And I think they were the most comfortable in a head collar or a halter over a bridle with the grimace scale. But, uh, you know, it just makes you think and reassess fit on anything you're putting on your horse's head.
0: That was actually my second one uh-huh. on the list. Because when I was listening back, I realized as well that those two areas actually both tied into Mike Mendel's one because it's it's also probably part of the experience the horses had with the bridle versus a head collar. You're right. So back. listening back, I was like, oh, it's they're actually intertwined in a way, I think. I think so too.
1: And that's a good point, Kate, because my second one was horse welfare and bridle fit. So that's when we had Seely Baker Ponsler on, and she talked about the one horse that she had to piece apart other bridles and take the pieces and put them together because she had a horse that was very difficult to fit. And she kind of went above and beyond getting that brow band big enough for that horse that had a wide forehead that she couldn't get anything to fit so anyway it's odd that we both picked you know picked up on that but yeah. Yeah, it does all fit in and it's so intertwined you know so See,
0: one on brow bands was brilliant you know yeah. realizing that even on ponies sometimes It's just not sufficient to use a standard kind of pony size bridle. You need to take that brow band off and upsize it or even just remove it altogether.
1: Yeah, I you know it's just uh that was a good a good one. And there's so many riders out there using tight nose bands and tight brow bands and Over time, the horse finally just says, I'm not doing it anymore. And then you wonder why they get sour in all that. So you have to consider, I guess, just about everything from saddle fit to bridle fit to um, even your training cues. So it's a big puzzle you really have to put together. And sometimes it, it takes a lot of time and energy to figure it all out.
0: Yeah, but I think it's worth putting the time in, Mm -hmm. in the beginning, because it's, it's going to benefit you so much in the long run.
1: Yep. And then what was your third one?
0: My last one um, was the parasites in horses. That was because I just love that topic.
1: (laughs) That was a good one. And the, um, the fecal egg counts and, and all that, how important it is to worm your horse I think so many people don't realize the pair not all parasites show up in a fecal egg count however you kind of use that fecal leg count as a guide
0: um you know as well so as to you- how often yeah you worm but I definitely wouldn't you know if you have a fecal leg count show a very low burden time on time again I wouldn't be brave and go you know a year or two and just not worm based on that I think it would be unlikely that fecal camp will return a low yield um, after that long not being wormed but yeah. I think you know a lot of people can get down to worming just biannually so twice a year in the autumn and the spring but it's just so important like some of those parasites we discussed as well the way they can insist and migrate at once and even cause death in some horses. So it's a simple management thing that we can do that improves their welfare.
1: Yeah, it it was uh, enlightening. And I think that is so true, what you just said that, you know, you've got to at least worm twice a year. You know, I mean, I know people who think that if the fecal leg count looks good and is a low burden and all that they don't warm and that's just i think opening up a can of worms because even as temperatures warm the parasites do not get killed off you know talked about the one that was one health and the the warming temperatures and all that well just like that increases insect distribution it also increases parasite distribution, and so I think you, then you have to get into your pasture management and really get um, tenacious on protecting your horses from that worm burden as
0: well. So In some countries that pasture management can be hard because if you have a country where your guarantee is a hot day and it's not going to rain, then you can harrow that fields or. You know, you can break up the feces and try and spread it out so that worms get killed off in it. Um, in between, obviously, rotating your horses so they're in a different pasture for a period of time. But I always thought that was difficult here because we can get, you know, just sudden showers. And particularly in the west of Ireland, like we're kind of nestles right on the coast, but between mountain ranges as well. So it rains a lot more outdoors. <laughs> what was your final pick then, Nancy?
1: My final one was the Equine Obesity Seminar that Dr. Ruth Morgan did at the Dick Bett School. Uh, that one, I think, was, you know, really opened my eyes to that uh, browsy style of hay that use that as busy work for your fat little ponies because in when they're turned out, that's the type of stubble they're uh, bred to eat and that helps keep their weight down but still
0: keeps things going through their intestines. That was a really interesting lecture. I loved when she was talking about the Shetland ponies Yeah, and they're surrounded by snow and they can still look significantly curvy regardless because they will find that grass and they will make
1: use of it I I don't know that one was just really good and I think it just reinforced the genetics of the pony breeds versus the genetics of say the thoroughbreds that's just Mm -hmm. you're talking two different types of propensities there and while the thoroughbred needs the added calories in the winter the ponies certainly do not. So, and she was so forceful about don't put a coat or a blanket on those ponies. They got to drop that weight somehow. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> anyway, my little pony, she's got a purple coat and all that stuff. So she's uh, did really well last winter when I did not use that coat, except in extreme circumstances. If it yeah. was a or something like that, and very, very, extremely cold. I didn't have the heart to send her out, you know, without a blanket on, but it did help that metabolic using her, keeping herself warm to help her shed that added weight. And then by spring, she looked really, really good. And then of course the summer grass came in and I had to increase her exercise and all that. Yeah. But, you know, I was thinking that I wish they had a replay of Dr. Morgan's seminar because it was really good for everyone to hear about the nutrition and the way a horse metabolizes and, and things like that. Cause we tend to, to, um, act like, they're like us and hungry and we feed too much you know too many calories without enough exercise and things like that it was really well done and that was my third favorite episode
0: so then Nancy what were the top three for our listeners okay it
1: none of what we picked Kate so (laughs) that's why we have to rely on listener feedback because what we might like isn't necessarily what our regular listeners like and all three of these episodes got 100% listenership they also had the highest number of downloads so the third one was the attachment bonds of horses and that was where we talked about um, horses really didn't care who was throwing them hay as long as they got the hay. And so it wasn't like they had that attachment like a dog may have to uh, a human and then the human goes on vacation and the dog might get a little depressed. Horses just don't seem to have the propensity for that.
0: That one was particularly interesting because I think we all want to know what role we play to them in an emotional sense, because Mm -hmm. we're able to quantify in our brains how much joy or, you know, experience they're bringing into our lives. But I think it is important to owners to know what difference they make. And sadly that one returns. The horse is a a little bit indifferent to whether you come and go.
1: Yep, I think as long as there's a routine and, you know, the routine is kept in, in somewhat as close as possible. I really think it's very safe to travel and to leave your horse in good hands of another uh, horse person, you know, or horse caregiver, I should say. So, and then um, the second one surprised me. It was horses and their response to human speech patterns. So that was the one where horses tend to respond to an owner's inflections.
0: So the baby speech or kind of, um, I suppose, yeah, the baby speech is the best way to describe that, the softening of your tones and the kinds of cooing towards them.
1: Yeah, I thought that that surprised me, that research did, because I'm not a big talker, around my horses, I'm more, uh, I think, you know, they pick up on your emotions too, that without any words, but that one surprised me that they would re- responded so much to speech in how it was given and directed towards them. So um, that one was number two, 100% listenership. And then the first one that every. All the listeners tend to like 100% listenership. It was equine nutrition and the overuse of supplements. And that was with a guest host, uh, Brittany Davis of Davis Equine. And that was a good one. I have to say, I've I've been there where I think I was possibly giving too many supplements. And uh, she really made a lot of good sense with that and how sometimes it can be a money maker for the horse industry over being good for your horse.
0: That was a brilliant episode, and Brittany has a wealth of knowledge in that area. You can go onto her website as well, she's got more information, and you can even reach out to Brittany to get help and advice when it comes to the quality of your hay. Um, and the quality of your grass as well, I believe, Nancy, she does?
1: Yeah, she does. Uh, she <clears throat> she can pretty much design a nutrition program that, um, you know, would be completely balanced of minerals and vitamins and what a horse needs. And then... Um, also, just kind of uh, if you give her your list of supplements and she'll tell you, look, you're you might as well be throwing this down the drain so yeah. your, your horse can only take in so much. And then sometimes if you feed too much of one mineral, it will interfere with the absorption of another one so um, that episode was really enlightening and you know I always end up you see the ads you read the horse magazines where they're advertising these nutritional supplements and uh, I think it's really better to just have a good feed have a good forage program first and then a good feed you know additional feed stuffs that completes your diet. And then um, maybe if you need a mineral supplement to kind of tie it all together. But, oh, I know a lot of people feed so many supplements and uh, it's a little bit scary. And um, that was a good episode. um, for Mm -hmm. Look forward in our um, list of episodes because it really um, made me reassess my feeding program. And I'm very... Um I've simplified my program now and, and my horses really, really are um looking much better and you know with less money going down the drain. So
0: and I think we've all been guilty of that in the past, you know, jumping on the bandwagon of some new fad supplement and yeah, adding it into the feeds because you know, someone recommended it and that spreads like wildfire <laughs> between the, you know, horsey people and in the horse industry, if people are just recommending things, we take a lot of word by mouth for our information. Um, So yeah, taking that kind of advice from someone like Brittany is perfectly acceptable, but always just double check. You know, what works for one person's horse isn't necessarily going to work for yours. And we do say that all the time, your horse is an individual. So it is worth reconsidering you know, do you need to add that in? Yeah,
1: that was, anyway, those were the listeners' choices. Um, uh, through the course we of the year, we had 14,333 plays. And we're now in 55 countries. And every week we get a listenership of around 200. So I think for a, a specific horse podcast, not too bad. At least we're reaching people and we're bringing the research to you where you can decide if you want to look further into it or discuss it with your vet. And, um, you know, I I feel like um, this isn't a waste of our time.
0: Yeah. And thank you so much to everyone who has listened. Nancy and I have now done 80 weeks straight of episodes without a break. Yeah. So we are treating ourselves this Christmas and we are going to take a break next week. We will return again on the 7th of January um with your next episodes. But until then have a lovely holiday. Hopefully you get some time off, some rest and we'll see you in the new year. Okay, thanks so
1: much everyone and thanks Kate. We've we've really done well 80 straight weeks. So Um, Well, I'll enjoy this next week off.
0: (laughs) Same. I think I'm going to be a little bit lost.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well,
0: thanks. Thanks, Nancy.
1: Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Take care.